And boom, just like that, we are back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than Generous United. Generous United is a membership-based buying group headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada. That makes you feel good, you know what I mean? Right here in your backyard, Atlantic Canada. Where else do you want to be? Generous United, what their goal is, they want to make sure that prescription drugs are more affordable for folks like you and I. We all know what the pandemic right now, companies out there are having trouble providing health care for their employees. It doesn't even have to be prescription drugs. Some people could be having trouble affording, you know, dental care, massages, acupuncture, whatever it may be. Generous United just wants to help. So whether it's you, a loved one, a family member, Generous United can help. Head on over to their website, G-E-N-R-U-S-United.ca, and see if they have any products that can help you, a loved one, a family member. It doesn't matter who. Remember, right now in this pandemic, we could all use a little bit of financial help and we all know that Generous United is here to help us. So one more time, generousunited.ca. That's G-E-N-R-U-S United dot C-A. Today's episode is also brought to you by Osprey Ridge Golf Course. Located 45 minutes to an hour. Depends on who's driving in front of you, but I can get there in 45 minutes. Uh, located 45 minutes to an hour outside of the city. It is a beautiful, beautiful course, Graham Cook designed course. It's family owned, so that's how you know they're taking pride in the fairways and the greens and the clubhouse and the patio. Actually, now that I mentioned the patio, they have a brand new designed patio for you to sit on, have a couple beer, have some nachos after your round. Doesn't matter if you're playing nine, doesn't matter if you're playing 18. Sit up on that patio, watch the other golfers come in and three putt or two, you know, maybe two putt, whatever. Who am I to judge? Sit down, you watch the other golfers finish the round on the 18th hole there. I'm pretty sure you can still see the ninth hole too from the patio. So it's a great viewing section for you, your family members, your friends, whoever you decide to go with. We're there every weekend that simple. I hope to see you there. All right. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Alex Pace. Alex is a friend of the show. I think this is probably his third, maybe fourth time on the show. Uh, I love Alex. He's an unbelievable lacrosse player. He plays in the National Lacrosse League. Stay humble, Alex. He plays in the National Lacrosse League for the Philadelphia Wings. Uh, I don't think he was actually able to play in Halifax during his first year there. Uh, I don't think the schedule allowed it. And then the year after, of course, COVID. But the NLL has announced the season, I think, to start December 4th. And last time I was talking to Alex, there is a game where Philadelphia is scheduled to play here in Halifax. So I know he's excited about that. He is also starting his own lacrosse camp. I'm excited to talk to him about that as well. Everyone's got a camp going. I love it. It's all about the kids. It's all about helping the youth. And with all the talent coming from this part of the world, that's exactly what we need is more camps to educate the youth in lacrosse and hockey and just all types of sport, basketball, everything. So I'm excited to talk to Alex. I'm Justin. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Pacer, we are going, man. How are you? Good, man. It's good to be back. You, you feel comfortable yet here? I think I'm starting to, yeah. I was going to say, like, if you ever need a job here, you can just come work here. <laughs> you're here all the time. I love yeah. it. Yeah, a couple of my buddies are texting me this morning. Man, you're going back on the high button again? I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it helps. I'm, I think I'm two minutes away. Yeah, yeah, you're close. So, yeah. Have you been playing out the, behind your house in the court? Right? Oh, yeah. How often are you out there? I'm pretty busy right now. I'm coaching most nights of the week, but uh, or playing. But uh, you you're know. coaching and playing. Yeah, yeah, I'm coaching a U14 team right now, so we're practicing, playing a couple nights a week, and then playing in the senior league. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Like I remember growing up playing lacrosse here. There was really no one to look up to in terms of a lacrosse player. Like, yeah, you had Mr. Fink, and you're like, oh yeah, he played pro, but like relevant, like to the actual time you being in the NLL it must be cool for the kids to have you around and a little bit of a role model that must be nice yeah I mean I think uh part of being a lacrosse player especially coming from a smaller center like uh Halifax here where we don't have a lot of pro guys you know we just got the Thunderbirds but yeah uh you know I think part of being a lacrosse player is coming back and growing the game and that's something I'm really passionate about so um yeah to have a chance to work with a local you know southwest team the organization i grew up with and you know u14 that's like bantam age 
How old is that? So you 14 to yeah, old yeah, age of 14. Like yeah, 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 yeah. So it's an awesome age group. You know, the guys are, they're a lot of fun to, to be around and they just soak everything in. So yeah. uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I love it. The, that, that's the age right there where you, you start to fall in love with the game. I think that U14 age. So that would be like Pee Wee for us. That's what they would have called it back then. Bantam. Like, ban- that's that's Bantam. Bantam. Yeah. Yeah, that's the age right there. Yeah. That's the age where your brain's just soaking everything in when it comes to the sport of lacrosse. And the physicality of it comes up too, I think, at that age. And that's almost where you're almost you're almost able to take advantage of the, the guys that aren't as physical and you can maybe step up and get comfortable with the physicality. That's what right. I found at least at that age. Yeah. Yeah. So it's me and uh Luke Smeltzer's helping coach that oh, team. Oh Luke, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he played uh division three at RIT, really good school. So, you know, he's one of the uh one of the guys around here with a lot of lacrosse knowledge. So um yeah, I think it's been a good experience for our kids. That's sick, man. That's awesome. Uh, before we even get it going with this podcast, we got to talk about Andre DeGrasse that just got the gold medal. Shout out to Andre. That's Let's incredible. Go. Did you watch it? It happened this I morning. I just saw the, the highlights, yeah. It happened at like 9.45 this morning, short race. Did he set a world record or anything, Mark? Do you know? National best. National best. That's awesome. Canadian record. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I saw it was the first uh, Canadian gold since 1928 in the 200. Wow. Which is nuts. Wow. There yeah. was a cool video of him actually losing four years ago to Usain Bolt, and then he looked to his left, and he was there. And this year they had the same picture, and he looked to his left, and he wasn't there because I guess, well, Usain Bolt isn't there anymore. Yeah, he's done. Oh, that was a cool that, – that must be a cool photo or, like, a cool memory to have just looking back at that forever. That's sick, and that's awesome for Canada, man. That's unreal. I was hoping he was going to get the 100-meter uh, too. When he got second in that, in that, I think he can I think he finished third. Third? Yeah. Nonetheless, he man. He was the favorite, though. Nonetheless. Yeah. That's sick. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I always think about that when it comes to the Olympics. How like we play sports that happen. Like you know, you play every weekend. You, you have a chance to redeem yourself every weekend. It's like these guys have once every four years. I guess they have like the World Championships and things like that. But I feel like a lot of these athletes, it's just it's the Olympics are nothing. Yeah. And to like have that one opportunity. And it's like, you know, I was thinking about that too, watching, you know, it's one race. Like if you don't go out there that day and have your best day, yeah, it's done. So yeah, the pressure on those guys is unreal. I was watching long jump and there was a guy from Brazil and he hurt his knee and he was limping down the runway as he was getting to jump. And the announcers were talking like, uh, you know, he should probably sit out. But then there was other announcers going, eh. He might never have another shot at this again. So it's like if you're going to injure your knee, you're going to do it now in the Olympics because these guys, that's all they live for. And it was kind of a weird – it was just weird taking that all in as the broadcasters were going, no, he should risk injury to try to get a gold medal. Like it doesn't seem right, but I guess in these guys' mind, it's it's the Olympics or nothing. It's crazy to watch. Yeah, it's it's impressive, man. You see a lot of the sports too. Like I was watching there today and they were doing uh, cycling. You know, you kind of forget like – that's even a sport. Yeah. You know, a lot of the Olympic sports, they're, uh, you don't see them every day. So that's a cool part too. That's what I like about the Olympic. It's the track stuff. It's like shot put. It's a uh, javelin. It's uh, the, the ones where they have to jump over the mark where they have to jump over and they run high jump, not high jump. High jump's a good one too, but there's another one where they have to run for like a thousand meters, but they have to jump over the hurdles. That, that one's oh, sick. Yeah. Like the sports that you don't see on TV every day, like volleyball, yeah. even volleyball's cool. But just like sports that you don't see every day on TV, I think that's the most exciting part of the Olympics for me. Just seeing stuff you don't see every day. Yeah, and it's the best best in the world. So. Yeah. Is the listen lacrosse is next? It, it just got like uh, recognized as an Olympic sport, so it's like on the path. It's not like for sure in the Olympics yet, but it's in the process, I guess. Where are the Olympics in twenty twenty four? I don't know. I think. Paris? Paris, yeah. I don't think it would be in for that one. I think it would be the one after that, maybe. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure exactly, but they, they changed a bunch of rules. So they have, like, specific Olympic rules, and it's basically, like, a different game, which is interesting. Like, it's field lacrosse, but it's six on six. So it's, like, I don't know if you ever played that, like, turkey shoot style where you go, like, half field no. field lacrosse. It's like a, no. So it would be six on six, no long poles. Um, so it's kind of like a box style, but on a field. Hey. And it's like there's one face-off to start the game, and then after uh, you score, you just, like, grab it out of your net and start it. Like, <laughs> it's basically like backyard lax. Really? Yeah. So I don't know. I guess they're trying to make it 
I think the reasoning was because they want to make it like just basically easier for the other countries that are sort of oh yeah developing like they don't just want to play box lacrosse because canada will just dominate and they don't want to play field because you know u.s european teams i guess that's the reason i don't know it's it's kind of weird you know that makes sense yeah but it's kind of weird you know it's like you want to get lacrosse the olympics but it has to be a different version of the sport to be in it but i mean but i don't see how that would help at all like, the Canadian teams would still dominate, uh, yeah, and the American I teams I think would, so, too. Like it doesn't matter what form of sport. I think they're going to be, like, shorter games, and it's going to be a lot of goals. I don't know if that's what they're going for, too, but oh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I remember when we were at the uh, the tournament out in Czech Republic there in Prague. Did you ever play in that tournament? No, I never did. Oh, man, you got if, if you ever have the opportunity to go, it's not even, like, don't get me wrong, the lacrosse is awesome, yeah. but it's the community that really makes it, like, the, the food, the culture the uh, the fans that come out in this little small community in the hills of Prague it's it's unbelievable and I remember I was playing in an all star game up there and it was um, North America versus Europe and it got to the point where it was a little it's like you know if you're on a breakaway pull it out pull out and just yeah. kind of start the house again like that and um, it really opened my eyes to okay the other parts of the world that are trying to play lacrosse but maybe aren't developed enough. I always thought growing up that okay, no, there's guys that play in in Europe that are unbelievable at lacrosse. They're just as skilled as us. It was a it was a really eye opening tournament to see how the rest of the world takes lacrosse and how some of these guys from other countries were asking questions because there was a couple guys in the NLL that were at this tournament. I can't yeah. give you names. Yeah. Um, but people from other countries were going up to these guys and asking questions, and it was it was kind of cool to see how other parts of the world are starting to I guess learn and grow and get involved in the game yeah for so it'll sure. be sick maybe that's part of the issue why it won't be in the next olympics maybe they're waiting for eight more years well that's the thing too like there's so many rules with the olympics it has to be like uh, a certain amount of countries that play it and they have to have a certain amount of like uh male and female programs so there's a ton of like uh logistic things yeah like that that uh, determine if you can be an olympic sport or not so yeah but hopefully that'd be pretty cool how pumped are you right now that the NLL announced the season starting oh, when? What was the date? December something? December 3rd is our first game. Against who? In uh, Georgia. How pumped are you? I'm pumped. Yeah? Yeah, it's like the third time that it's been announced. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, fingers crossed. You know, you never know what can happen these days. But yeah. I'm hoping that this time, you know, I just got an email this morning about our training camp sort of schedule and stuff. So that'll get going nice. uh, end of October. So, you know. We'll be there soon, hopefully. So what are you, other than lacrosse, like I know you were in school. Are you going to be in school in October this year? Yeah, so I'm still doing my master's. Yeah. I know the last time we were on here, I talked about, I was like on the falls. Remember that? I yeah, was, yeah, I was yeah. looking at falls and stuff, so I actually switched my topic. Okay. So I worked like a year and a half on that falls stuff, basically just. No. Basically just threw it out. <laughs> but no, it's a pretty cool opportunity that I'm doing now, so uh I'm, I kind of jumped on to another project, and they're looking at um, <clears throat> telemedicine. So it's like, essentially what it is, is there's um, in McMaster, at McMaster, they have the children hospital. And then in Niagara, they don't have like pediatric specialists. So if a kid came in that needed to be resuscitated at the Niagara hospital, they'll video call in mm -hmm. from McMaster and basically tell um, the doctors, how to like stabilize the kid or basically what to do, um, in that situation. So that's like the primary study. And then I'm looking at the costs of all that. So it's health economics. Cool. So we'd be looking at the co the cost of like to implement the program, everything, but then also the cost of like, um, the people, you know, the parents, we're going to interview the parents and be like, okay, did you have to miss work? How much would you have made there? Um, you know, did you have to pay for parking? Did you have to do this? <laughs> like everything. So we'll look at all the costs. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's kind of a different look than what I've had. I was more, you know, medical science looking at like the biology and, and stuff like that, where this is like a little more economic. So it's, it's, uh, it's cool. Cause you know, um, whether you like it or not, everything, uh, comes down to the dollar at the end of the day. So, um, wow. So you're looking to reduce the cost of families to travel from hospital to hospital to have another doctor call into another hospital and give direction to a doctor to perform surgery is that what yeah because basically what it would be like if you didn't have this telemedicine is these kids would just automatically get transferred to mcmaster like they would come in and 
they would have no way to deal with them in Niagara, so they would just transfer them, which, you know, obviously that has a lot of cost. That's like a 40-minute drive, and then yeah. it's another bed at McMaster. So um, <clears throat> what ours will do, hopefully, is reduce costs, but also have clinic clinical outcomes that are good. You know, obviously, if you can um, reduce the number of transfers or deaths or whatever, that's good. 100%. But at what cost, right? So we need to determine um, if it's cost-efficient as well as clinically efficient for them to say okay this is a good program we should put this in five more hospitals right Mm. so yeah it's it's cool what does a call look like from a doctor like i'm just all i can really picture is zoom is there like another step up from zoom uh, it would be video conferencing so like the so let's say they're in the room and they're like performing what did you say what would they be performing it's Uh, a resuscitation so resuscitation there would just be like a, a tv in the room and that's where the doctor would be, and then yeah. they'd be explaining what to do to Pretty the... much. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy the world we're living in and how I feel like what you're talking about right now is just the tip of the iceberg, how there's so much more to be discovered in the health, in the health community. Yeah, telemedicine's like just been booming the last decade. So, um, you know, and you got to think that that would save them money, right? Yeah, well, you're like, saving travel costs. Exactly. Yeah. And you're maximizing the number of specialists you have, right? You don't have a pediatric specialist there, but... You can just call them up and they tell you what to do. There you go. So, I got I had a neighbor back in the day who worked uh, worked at a. I'm not gonna say the company, but it was in like a, the fishing community, and she would have to go to China once a month just for a meeting, for like a day. Yeah. And I talk. I think I talked to her like a couple months ago, and since all this, obviously that's over. But she's still having the meetings. She's still, you know, technically in the room with the people that she would have talked to if she went all the way to China. She just does it in the comfort of her own home now. It's interesting yeah. how people just start to realize, okay, we don't need to spend this money on a flight to China and back. What, what are we doing? There's definitely advantages. I remember when I was doing my uh, master's the first time, we were going to, like, apply to a bunch of different conferences. Yeah. Because once you finish your research, that's sort of how you get, like, uh, basically lines on your resume. You know, we per- we uh, presented at this conference, this conference. So uh, my professor was like, you know, this whole COVID thing's kind of helping us there because we can apply to a conference in England, mm. you know, and we just zoom in, you know, or we can apply to one in, you know, Australia. So, like, the, it, it did give some advantages that you wouldn't have normally. 100%. Yeah. Dude, well, that's awesome. It seems like you're, you know, I know, like, you spent a year and a half on something else and you had to throw it out, but whatever. Yeah. You found something else that you're passionate about. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it's definitely a grind, you know, uh, the masters, I, I sort of just went into it. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really talk to other people and say, Oh, did you do a thesis? You know, it's a lot of work, you know, the thesis it's, it's, I'm every day, you know, reading research and writing and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a lot on your own. So, uh, you know, the last year with, uh, doing my masters and it being online it's like you know i've done a year of school and i haven't met a single person in my class you know yeah yeah it's, that like, is... it's, it's like you're isolated which makes it difficult but uh yeah hopefully when i'm done it uh, it'll be worth it writing a thesis is the is the the, the the main concept of a thesis is to form a new subject or a new i don't want to say invention but a, a, a new thought process because what you're t- what did you say it was meta telemedicine yeah so this you're saying this is a known thing but you want to almost create another wing to telemedicine yeah and, it's like uh pretty much with a thesis in any research you want to sort of dive into an area where there may be a gap so you look at so that's why it's difficult because there's no you're saying you're doing research but how can you do research if there's nothing really to base it off of well there's lots of other like telemedicine studies but they may not be like specific to what we were looking at okay so basically you're like i'm looking for a study that says oh we uh we don't know if this is cost effective you know we did our study and we're not sure if it's cost effective Mm -hmm. or we're looking at one that says oh yeah we did this study with 100 people and it was super cost effective and then this study says oh we did one with a thousand people and it wasn't at all so you say okay there's sort of a dispute here that means that we need to take more of a look at it okay i got you so you're not necessarily creating something new because you know there's studies being pumped out all over the world all day yeah you know every day yeah so uh it's more just like sort of finding that gap and um you know obviously ours is you know you could do a study in india or uh the netherlands and um is that going to relate to Canada? I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Yeah. So uh, this one's like specific to the Niagara region and stuff. So Cool. Yeah. Mark, can you pass me a tissue over there, bud? Just pass the box. Thanks.
good? Yeah, there's dust down here. <laughs> um, no man, that's sick. Where yeah. do you do a lot of your, Where do you do a lot of your research at home? Do you go to the library? Yeah, no, I'm just at home. Yeah, I got it. My my parents have an office in the house, so I'm set nice. up there. Yeah, it's not bad at all. That's sick. Yeah. So where do you time to Where do you squeeze the time into to start a lacrosse camp? <laughs> Uh, you know, um, Northern Torch. I like the name of that. Yeah. So, uh, we started that probably, uh, Christmas time or so. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I guess when you could probably relate, but I guess when you're, when you're doing work that, uh, you're super passionate about, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily feel like work. And I, I would say that's how I feel about, uh, Northern Torch lacrosse since our, our goal is sort of to, you know, pass our knowledge on, grow the game. That's something that I've wanted to do my, my whole life. And, and now that I've reached the level I'm at kind of gives me that ability. So, um, yeah, uh, I started it with Jake McNabb. He, uh, plays for the Colorado mammoth. Sick. Yeah. He's an offensive guy, really good player. You know, one of the best, uh, one of the best shooters I've ever seen, you know, uh, the guy can just shoot the, shoot the lights out. So, um, great to have him there and sort of, uh, be able to pass on that uh offensive knowledge that i may not have as a d guy and uh you know i sort of bring the defensive side but um yeah no it's been a lot of fun so far we did one camp in owen sound and then we're gearing up we're two weeks away from our uh our camp in halifax no way where are you where are you gonna do it at down at the spry field uh, arena nice right yeah. next door i love yeah. it yeah. that's where you that's that's a great place to have a camp yeah, yeah and you got is. the big parking lot and then out back too there's like a there's something there's like a bingo hall with another floor. Like there's just tons exactly. of room to do stuff. Yeah. No, it's cool being in there again, man. You know, that's pretty much where I pretty much grew up at that rink, you know, played a lot of hockey and lacrosse there. So, uh, it's just, yeah, it's good to be able to give back to the community around here. And, you know, growing up, we didn't have like, you know, growing up myself as a lacrosse player around here, we didn't really have that opportunity. And, yeah. um, you know, there weren't really camps anyway. I remember there was one guy came down from Ontario, ran a camp, and we were all super excited about it. You know, just gives you a different look, and um, you know, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. How are the registration <clears throat> numbers? It's good right now. I think we're rated about fifty five. What, dude? Yeah, like that's unreal. Like, I wonder what the number would have been three years ago. Yeah, you know, like the fifty five kids. That's sick. Yeah, I think it definitely helps, you know, that the Thunderbirds are here. 100%. So everyone knows what the NOL is. And then us being NOL players, you know, currently it's like, okay, these guys would be playing against the Thunderbirds. So um, I think that that, that helps. What uh, what sort of things are you going to implement off the floor? Like I know when you have a, a hockey camp, you don't just play hockey. You go maybe do a little video, maybe you do some things outside. Like is there anything like that that you're going to implement Ours, in the camp? This one we're just doing uh, two two-hour floor sessions. Okay. So it's just on floor. Okay. But, um, you know, uh, I was talking about it the other day. Like, uh, you know, you could go you could go play hockey with Sidney Crosby for four hours and, and you're not going to guarantee make the NHL, right? <laughs> yeah. But, I think with our camp, the biggest takeaway for the kids will be, uh, you know, we'll, we'll teach them some new drills and stuff, but we're really just going to focus on like learning the game and, you know, explaining why we're doing this drill and explaining maybe why you do that V cut when you go to set a pick, things like that. So uh, I can, I can guarantee that kids are going to walk away from the camp learning something that they can take with them. And that's really what we want to hammer home because we want to grow the knowledge of the game, right? That's, that's what we need. Yep. And I think the other thing is, you know, myself coming from Halifax and, and uh, you know, a small center. And then uh, same with Naber. He, he grew up in uh, Owen Sound, Ontario, which they have a good lacrosse community there, but it's a small town, 30,000 people. Yeah. You know, it was a lot that we had to do on our own time to work on our game. And so I think if you can show kids things that they can learn, you know, teach kids things that they can work on away from the uh, rink, that will help them uh, improve as a player that's that's where the value is i think a hundred percent that i like how you said uh, you're going to teach kids why they're doing it like i don't think i realized why i did a v cut until junior 
Like, I didn't really even know. Like, yeah. it was just, okay, you just got to do this, and then you got to go down, pick the guy at the crease, so then the other guy can run up. And I'm just going through the motions going, I don't really know why I'm doing it, but I guess it is making me open every now and then. But to teach a kid at that age why he's doing it, that can definitely help for sure. Yeah, exactly. And then you're doing things with a purpose, right? Because, yeah, yeah everyone says, oh, do a V-cut, and you're just like, okay. But then <laughs> in a game, you're not doing the V-cut because no one's saying do a V-cut, right? Yeah. But if you realize, okay, I'm pulling my defender away, to create space so then I can go set a pick and now we have a two-on-one then it's like okay I'm doing this with a purpose I have a reason for doing a v-cut it's not just what you're supposed to do right yeah on the defense like I'm not a defensive player at all I wish I was a little bit better than I was um give me I guess a little bit of give me give me give me some tips on, on on being a good defensive player at the pro level yeah so our defense revolves around not giving up topside so is this that you're talking Philly like yeah, that's okay, and yeah. just any, you know, good defense, this can translate all the way down to pil- uh, down to Peewee, okay. you know. Um, you want to take away the middle of the floor. That's the main thing <clears throat> because if your goalie's seeing shots from down the down the alley all day, it's an easy save, you know. They can square up to that, and uh, it's when once they get to the middle, the goalie has to step across. You know, he's got both sides. Maybe he stepped too far, right? It just gives you a lot of more options. Yeah. So basically the main thing as a D guy is you can't let him get topside. So you want to step out above your defender or, or your offensive guy so that you're turning them down the wall. Okay. So that's really the main thing. And obviously, yeah, you, you want to make sure that, you know, defense, it's all about talk, uh, you know, lacrosse, you want to be real physical. Don't let anyone in the middle, but yeah, just denying that top side, I'd say is like the one key everyone should be, should be thinking about when they're playing defense. I always thought as an offensive player, one of the most annoying things a defensive player could do to me was just to always have a stick on me, not like necessarily cross check me, but just like kind of touch me as I'm moving. It's like, if I'm, if I'm running and I'm burning energy, I'm just because I'm trying to get away from the defender to get a pass, to get a clear shot. But I always found whenever there was a defender that was just always having a stick on me, always just letting me know he's there in the back of your mind, it makes you go, okay, I got to work a little bit harder to get away from this guy for sure it doesn't really matter where i am on the floor it was just always that sight of uh, not sight it was always that mindset of no no that guy's right there if i do get a shot off i got to be quick because he's going to get a stick on me like being a hard like good i know it comes down to an easy saying but being a hard working defenseman yeah. can create a, a great defenseman we i know a guy robert paquette He's an athletic guy. He plays in the senior league, I'm pretty sure. He okay. plays on the, the orangutans. And growing up, he wasn't like the most like core, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Correlate? Uh, core, he's like, uh, it's like not balanced. Coordinated. Coordinated. Not the most like coordinated guy, but he would be relentless on the defender that he was on. Relentless. Yeah. And that made him one of the best defensemen in the, in, in the league growing up in junior. And to this day, I'm pretty sure he is playing in the senior league. And I was talking to Drew, you know, Drew McDonald. Yeah. And, uh, and he was saying, yeah, nonetheless, he's, he's still like that. He's always on a guy. Yeah, definitely uh, being able to match feet with your guy. That, yeah. That's basically match what you're saying. Feet. You is, just broke it down. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that's, uh, that's a big thing. And I know uh, personally, like, a big part of my game is, is you know, footwork's huge as a D guy. And, and if your feet are in the right position, you know, you can get around picks and stuff. And I know a big part of my game is, like, I'd say the biggest thing about being a defender in the NL is just, you know, you're making so many quick decisions. You need to read where you are on the floor, where your defender is, where the ball is. <clears throat> and positioning helps you with all that. Because if I'm in a position where I can see my guy, I can see the ball, you know, then I'm not blinded to a pick or anything like that, right? So... Yeah, it's all about that footwork, and, you know, honestly, one of the things my coaches were saying to me last season going off was that I needed to be more physical. I needed to be cross-checking my guy more because I'm I'm sort of one of those guys who, like you said, I'll have a stick on you, but I'm trying to be aware of everything that's going on. So sometimes I find if I'm turning and I'm just hammering on my guy, there could be a guy back-cutting that I could go to help, and now I'm not paying attention because I'm worried about hammering on my guy. So... Um, that's something I actually need to like constantly be saying in my head, you know, be physical, cross check. Those are things that I need to remind myself because you can play great defense without, you know, just pounding on your guy. Mm-hmm. So it's time for a quick timeout brought to you by Crypto Vantage. We all know that cryptocurrency and professional sports are going hand in hand, whether it's athletes, organizations. Soon, actually not even soon, already professional athletes are starting to get paid in cryptocurrency. That's unbelievable. The year 2021, the things that are possible. It's awesome. So 
what CryptoVantage has done for us. They've given us our own URL. Head on over to info.cryptovantage.com slash high button, fill out the white paper. CryptoVantage will send you a free, safe information package to allow you to deal in cryptocurrency safely. I've done it myself. I invested money back in 2017, maybe it was 18, such a long time ago. I invested, I got a great return, but unfortunately I wasn't able to get my money out of the account. Was I upset? Yes. I don't want this to happen to you, okay? Everywhere you go, you're on the street, you're on the sidewalk, you're in the rink, you're at the family dinner table. Everyone's talking about cryptocurrency. We have to be dealing in this safely. That's why CryptoVantage will make sure that you have all the information you need by filling out the white paper at the bottom of this URL, info.cryptovantage.com slash high button. Make sure you are dealing in cryptocurrency safely and CryptoVantage and high button sports are going to make sure that we do that. All right. One more time. Info.cryptovantage.com slash high button. Now back to the podcast. One of the other things I loved as an like a defensive player on my team as an offensive guy was the transition game. Having a defenseman that knows how to take the ball after a shot or a loose ball, how to protect it, how not to make a really quick pass. You can make a quick pass, sure, if a guy's up the floor, but a guy that knows how to hold onto the ball and make a transition pass and then change it's the it, it, it I think it's one of the most underrated things in lacrosse you have to be able as a defender to take the ball away from the change and give it to the offensive man and I know in junior growing up it was tough for a lot of guys like like I said like there was guys that played defense junior here that didn't have the best skill set when it came to their stick and they were great defenders but you know they struggled if there was a little bit of pressure on them to pass to uh, the offensive guy but that's Nova Scotia that's that's growing up here it yeah. just happens but at the NLL level obviously it's a little bit you know natural it comes to guys but at that camp you're talking about, like I think that's something you could definitely implement because that was something that definitely wasn't a, a 100% known thing growing up here was the transition game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like even with my t- my U14 team, just like really breaking down, like like the first game we played, uh, you know, we got beat eight nothing, and we didn't have like we couldn't break the ball at all. And it's like you know, as a coach, that's where oh, yeah. you know some things you're not gonna learn until you see them play, right? And and uh, then we've been really working on our breakout and just breaking it down where guys need to be. And, uh, you know, we've made a ton of strides in that. So, yeah, there's so many things that you can you can sort of pass on that. Uh, and that's why I think it's been good that I've spent the season coaching that, that U14 age group because it's sort of given me a look into the level and uh, what really is going to yeah. translate to these kids, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like I'm pretty prepared. Um for the level that'll be at the camp and and uh, how we can maximize our time yeah well said it's a lot more communication at that level i find if you can get through to a kid you should be able to talk to them and tell them what you're thinking yeah at the end of the day that's all really and nice. a lot of these guys you know uh not all of them but a lot of them you know they play pb triple a hockey and you can tell that they've been coached before so yeah they they really do soak it in and you know you see like i have a group of uh five or so of my u14 boys that i'm training uh like individually not yeah. individually but small group yeah and you know we'll sh- i'll show them a, a move to work on and then uh you know one of the guys does it and scores he's like oh yeah that, that's what i learned tuesday and <laughs> like the, that's it's cool to see it translate like directly to the game you know i want to get out this year and go watch a minor uh minor lacrosse game because I'm, I'm not that old but I, I still remember my skill level of how uh how good I was at that age. I, I'm going to definitely come up to Spryfield, the rink, one of these days and just watch a, a Bantam game or even a junior game and just see where the skill level's at. So I haven't watched a game and like I haven't watched a game other than the, the Thunderbirds in two years. Except they won't let you in. Yeah, they, they'll, are they not letting fans in? Oh, wait, who one won't fan let me in? per kid. No. See, that's where I pull the media card. I go, yeah, I'm with High Button Sports and then I pull the phone out and then maybe I'll be let we in. We should get you out to the camp. Yeah, let me know. I'll come and mic you up around. or do something. Yeah. If it's at Spry Field, I'll literally it's just spry. wake up out of bed, just walk over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you know. What are the dates? Uh, August 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th. <sighs> I'm not sure. I, I this. We'll talk after. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'd love to come for sure. So they won't let, the, it's really one parent per kid. Yeah. It's brutal. Is it like that at senior too? I guess yeah. no parents really go. One spectator per player. One spectator per okay, so there's tons of guys that go that don't have like a girlfriend or a parent that go. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, maybe I'll come and watch. 
Yeah, my dad's been coming to watch. He he brings you a sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. You know, he's uh he's missed out watching me play the last few years. So, oh yeah, uh, no, that senior league's good, man. Like uh, you know, there's a lot of guys out, and it's just good to see all all the guys out there. You know, and there's guys who like I would have heard about when I was younger, and they're still playing. You know, so now I'm playing playing with them and against them. So yeah, uh, it's just good to see like you know there's any tuesday or thursday there's you know 60 70 guys playing lacrosse in nova scotia you know that's just it's good to see is draper out there uh is draper, draper is technically still junior because they gave that one extra year uh so oh. he was playing he's playing junior for dartmouth but he was on our team so he played a couple games with us like when he wasn't playing junior okay but uh he got hurt a couple oh, weeks no. ago what happened just jammed his shoulder up uh I, th- I don't think it's separated or anything, but he's uh, hoping to be back next week. So okay, um, if we're still playing, then uh, he'll be out. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just great how there's a goal now. You know, you, you know. I remember playing junior and senior. There just wasn't really a goal, but if you can have a goal of playing in the NLL now, knowing that there's scouts around here, knowing that there's an organization, or just even being a young kid, like you're talking about the U14, having an actual goal. I know every time you've come on the podcast, we've nailed this on the head and talked about it, but it's true. You know, like playing for the Toronto Rock back in the day wasn't really a goal. It was just like, whatever. Like I'm just gonna play this till I get old, and there's no goal. There's no. Yeah. It's hard to get somewhere in life if you don't have a goal. And I feel with all these kids that you're training, there's a goal. It's, yeah, no, you know? I agree 100. percent Like uh, even for me growing up, like it wasn't like oh I need to play in the NL. I gotta play. Mm. It was just like I love lacrosse. I'm a competitive guy. I want to be the best at what I do. And then, you know, that the NLL kind of, obviously I got the opportunity in Ontario and then it's like, okay, you're actually closer than you think. But same like you said, growing up, there was no real influence from the NLL. You didn't see it, you know, you didn't even really hear about it. I, I don't think I could have named three teams in the NLL when I was, yeah. you know, in midget. Whereas these guys now, they they got they all got season tickets, you know, they're seeing all the guys, they know the players, like, that that part's awesome. I remember I told this story once on the podcast. I'll tell it again. I was working a Thunderbirds game. I think it was the Saskatchewan game. Not like you would know what that means, but there was a game. No, here. I remember that game, the one Do where you? they almost came back. Yeah. How do you know that game? Well, uh, I got a buddy on Saskatchewan, and oh, he's, yeah. Uh, yeah, my parents were at it. So, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know that game. Dude, that game is. I guess it's one of the best games ever people were saying ever. Yeah. Like I've pl- I've been in the Metro Center for years, like watching hockey and memorial cup even like but that game was just anyway so i'm at that game and uh after the thunderbirds there's like uh autograph signings and the players come out on the floor and the kids and the fans get autographs so i don't know let's say the game starts at seven it's probably over at like 10 10 30 now it's probably 11 because that game went to overtime maybe it was double overtime nonetheless yeah let's say it's like 10 11 o'clock so Players are out there on the floor at 11 o'clock. I'm staying up in the press box because my girlfriend had the car, so she had to come pick me up. So I was there just waiting for her. So I was there late. And I'm just sitting up there. I'm watching, uh, I think I was watching like hockey on my laptop or something like that. And I'm looking at the floor because I'm up in the press box. It's probably like 11.30, pushing 12 o'clock. The players are still out there. The fans, they haven't died down, but they've all gotten their autographs and they're not leaving. They're just kind of hanging out because they know that there's professional lacrosse players on the same floor as them. And when I'm sitting up in the press box at, you know, close to 12 o'clock on a Saturday night in downtown Halifax, and I'm watching all these kids, all their parents, and the players sacrificing. Because, you know, these players probably just want to go to, you know, they want to go to the bar. Let's be real here. It's, yeah. you know, they're in Saturday, Halifax. They want to go to the bar. Yeah. And they're there just sitting there signing autographs for all of these people. It was a really cool thing to see. And I remember back to when I first started lacrosse with Mr. Fink and how, you know, we had that first gym class and he introduced the game of lacrosse to like, I don't know, like there was like 20 kids in my class. And I think about that moment to where it's slowly graduated year by year by year by year. And to think of the year, I think this, yeah, this happened in 2019, I guess this would have happened two years ago now. And to see that happen at midnight at the Scotiabank Center, have hundreds of kids on the floor, have all the players on the floor, it was just kind of a cool moment to see from, you know, 15 years ago all the way up until that point and watch it happen. It just gave me, I don't want to say hope, but it gave me, um, 
it it just gave me a sense of okay, lacrosse is here and it's here it's here to stay. Yeah, it's very very cool. And to see who ha- you having this camp and you said fifty five kids registered. Yeah, I just don't think that would have happened three four years ago. And I, I don't know. I just I, it's just really cool to see. Really cool to see the lacrosse community here grow. Yeah, you're it's seeing awesome. it. You're seeing it come full circle. Like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I feel the same way, and that's why it was so cool. You know, my first year in the NL happened to be Halifax's first season. It was mm. like. You know, who would have imagined that not only I would, I would make it to that point, but then Halifax have a team. So, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I just I can't wait for it to come back. Has the schedule? Uh, are you playing in Halifax this year? The schedule is not out yet. Oh man, you're how bad you just want that schedule. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You, but you like, there's a possibility you play here, right? Yeah, I mean. Uh, they changed up the divisions this year because there's expansion and stuff. So we're in like the east, which Halifax is in. Okay, so, so you're good that, to go. Yeah, that may help us. I know how it was. The last going off was you paid. There was three divisions and you played everyone in your division twice and then everyone else in the league once. So it was like we would either go to Halifax or they would come to us. Yeah. So it was like kind of 50-50. Yeah. But now maybe we play them twice. Um, yeah, we just got to see the schedule. It would be sick to get up to Vegas too. Yeah, Vegas is coming in next year. Oh, they're not here this so year. So this okay. year it's Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. So that's the expansion team. So we just had the expansion draft um, maybe a month ago. Are you um, pumped you didn't get picked? I got protected. Oh, you're, yeah. how many people did they yeah. protect? So uh, only 10. Oh, that's nice to get protected. Yeah, so 5D. Uh, I think it's 5D, 5O, and a goalie. Okay. So yeah, it's good, man. You know they uh, they trust me and they're and they're confident in me. And uh, you know to be a young guy uh, and get protected, that's that's awesome. And you know I would have been uh, pretty upset leaving Philly because it's such a great group we have there and uh, great coaching staff. So yeah, that was a big deal. And then uh, yeah, so that's that that was cool. That's sick. Yeah, it must be a nice feeling knowing the team that drafted you now protected you. It's like okay, these these years I or I guess one year you put in there. It's like they still remember the work I put in. Because if you think about it, you haven't played like pro lacrosse in two two years. It's been. It'll be yeah. It'll a be year. like twenty months by the time we play. You know what I mean? It's like okay, like that work that I put in Philly for that time I was there. It's like they remember that and they still see something in you to protect you. That that must be a good feeling. Exactly. Yeah, it gives you confidence in yourself to know that they're confident in you, right? And yeah. And they look to me as a guy that they can rely on, and and they want me to be there for uh, the the future. So it's a good feeling. Yeah, for sure. What's the lacrosse community like in Philly? Uh, in Philly, it's good. I know the fan base is really good. You know, we get a good turnout, and uh, uh, they're pretty rowdy. Yeah. You know, the Philly <laughs> fans, they're awesome. So um, I know field lacrosse-wise, they're pretty good. There's like a there's a good uh, group of pro guys who came out of Philly. I know box lacrosse, obviously, um, all over the States, it's, it's growing. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure what it's like in Philly. But, uh, yeah, I think field lacrosse, it's pretty popular there. So what's the plan from like now until you said October? Yeah. So what's your plan now until October? And sorry, two part to that question. You said you're going to be in school, but you said you're doing school from home. So are you going to be flying like from Halifax to Philly? No, I'm going to go back up uh, the end of August to Brock. To Brock. So, so this will be, be my last year. Okay, sounds good. We're supposed good. to have a Brock season. We're supposed to have a lacrosse season there. When's that starting? Uh, that would be like as soon as we get back, like September. Okay, so. So that would be good, you know, get the get the legs going and stuff i mean the senior league here has been good to to get sort of uh some of the rust off and stuff but uh you know even over the last year and a half i've been playing you know i find a way to keep the stick in your hand you, you have to right yeah. and, you know we've had our uh that group we had at highland park last summer you know we were playing a couple nights a week and then i was in st Catharines for uh you know six months and we were playing a couple times a week so i've been playing but uh you know those game reps are obviously different uh, so it'll be good to get some field lacrosse in and then uh, roll that into the NLL. So, yeah, I'll go back September. Um, we got So we'll do our camp here. We've got another camp in Owen Sound the end of August. For Northern Torch? For Northern yeah. Torch, yeah. So we did one there originally and because uh, that's where Jake's from. And uh, so now we reached out to their minor lacrosse. So their minor lacrosse is running it, and they're just bringing us in okay. uh, to do it. So that's sort of a, a good way to do it so they're they're doing all the registration promote it and and we're basically just um we'll be actually running the camp yeah so yeah we'll do that uh, august 28th and 29th and then uh yeah school will probably start like 
September 5th or something yeah. and then back to the school grind and uh although it hasn't really stopped for me since yeah. the masters it kind of just keeps going uh play field lacrosse and then uh October will be end of October will be back on the plane to Philly hopefully dude it must be such a good feeling to know like your your schedule is going to be packed again yeah you know what I mean it's like yeah your schedule's kind of packed I guess with the masters but like that travel aspect wasn't there no. the like actual physically playing lacrosse wasn't there yeah it's like it must be nice knowing like your schedule is just going to be jammed packed and you'll be able to get back to normal somewhat yeah I mean it should be back to should be back to real life again you know so yeah I've definitely been missing it man it's been hard yeah. you know I'd be I'd be lying if I said it wasn't hard, you know, um, especially for me, it's like, you know, everything that I've sacrificed to get, to get to that, uh, and all level. And then it's sort of just taken away from you completely out of your control. Right. It's been frustrating. And some days you're kind of thinking, you know, are, are we going to play again? You know? Um, but I think the light's sort of at the end of the tunnel here. So I'm just hoping we can get back on the floor yeah. and, uh, you know, as soon as I step back on that floor, it'll be, I think that's when I'll fully accept that it's back but yeah. uh yeah it's uh i hope i hope it's soon dude especially with fans like I the know. states you can have fans i'm pretty yeah. sure maybe in canada you can have fans too but to be able to walk out back out on that floor and have fans and perform in front of people yeah that's a whole nother element we haven't even talked about that'll be a great feeling for you yeah i mean i've been watching i know uh they had the ontario junior league played like a tournament style the last couple weekends and then uh senior a just started up there um unfortunately i was already playing here so yeah. can't really just pack it up and leave they they canceled the season originally and then they said uh basically a week notice okay we're actually going to make this work <laughs> but i mean it's good for those guys who are around and can play right so but i was watching it and you know everyone's just flying around like it's like playoff atmosphere because you know no one's played everyone's just <laughs> juiced up to be back guys are whacking and so uh it's good to see i know when it comes back it's gonna be uh it's gonna be pretty uh pretty intense because you know everyone's been missing it so they're all everyone's just juiced up to be back i'm right? pumped to go to the thunderbirds games i hope when you say december 3rd the season starts yeah like i hope december 3rd there's like we can have fans here like i hope i know man it needs fans right <sighs> it's just so much like you, you, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, you saw it with the uh, NHL playoffs. Like, oh, what yeah. a difference that made! What a difference! Like if you looked at the games in Tampa compared to Montreal, just the energy of the players and both teams. Like it wasn't like a distinct advantage for the home team. You know, it was just like the whole game itself was just like yeah. a shot of adrenaline, right? The viewing pleasure was more intense in Tampa. Not oh, that it yeah. wasn't in Montreal. Like whatever, well, there was like twenty five hundred fans there. It was all right, but like just seeing everyone in Tampa, I don't know. It just, it, I, I, yeah. Once you once you take the fans away and then you bring them back, you realize what an impact they have. Like when they first were gone, it's like, oh, you know what? What impact do the fans really have? Mm. And then now you see them come back, it's like, wow. Yeah, that's what an impact. That's what Andrew Bonnerchuk said. You, you know Andrew Bonnerchuk? He's like yeah. a good hockey player. He plays yeah. over in Germany now. And he was like growing up, like you know, I played for the Mooseheads and always fans. And he's like, you know, I, I didn't really notice them. Like. Yeah, it's cool to have fans. It's cool to be noticed. It's cool to have fans and, and watch. And then he's like, dude, but when the fans went away, he's like, I really miss the fans. He's like, I will never take for granted having fans. Because when you play in front of a packed building every night, it's nothing new. It's nothing, like, spectacular. Yeah. But he's like, dude, like, playing in front of the fans for two years with no one, he's like, I will never, ever take for granted not having fans. He's like, it makes such a difference. Yeah. And it's true. Like, if you do it every day, it's not really – i guess special but if you have them gone you miss them man and it makes a huge difference huge difference yeah the fan know, interaction's awesome i know uh like when guys say you don't notice them like i can definitely attest to that a bit like because when you're on the floor and like the game's going on you're just so focused on the game like you do notice them but it's like you know you're talking as a defender you're, you're talking with your other guys you're listening for guys to say certain things so you're not really tuned in but like when you're on the bench and or after a goal or, or a big hit, you know, you hear them for sure. So, yeah, yeah definitely uh, it'll be pretty crazy to be back on the floor with a bunch of fans. Oh, we, how much time are we at, Mark? 47 minutes. We're 47 minutes right now? That went quick. Holy smokes. <laughs> no, like that, that'll be a, that'll, that'll be sick. I can't wait for this. Like, the, like I, I even hear it in your voice. You're still not sure. Like, well, you know what I mean? Just, like, you know, if the last year and a half's taught you anything, it's like, yeah. You know, it. I'm. I try to be an optimistic guy, but at the same time, you get your hopes up, and then it's like, oh no, 
yeah you know there's been a spike or whatever so uh and you know looking at this how the states is going right now they are sort of trending towards um you know more cases and stuff so um, variant yeah the delta variant or whatever so uh you know i just hope uh hope everyone gets their vaccine i guess no one has an answer. <laughs> no one every, has an answer. Every time, like yeah. every get every guest that comes on the podcast, there's always like a quick five minute COVID break. Like, what's going on? What do you think? And everyone's just, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, get the vaccine. Hopefully, everything's all right. Yeah, at some point, you got to just move on, right? At some point, dude. I, I got nothing to say. I don't know. Like, what do you? I, I got. I, I've said everything I need to say. Right. I, I have no idea what to say anymore about it. It's yeah. out of my hands. Yeah. Vaccine, no vaccine. Mask, mask, whatever you want me to do, I'm down. Yeah. Just let me go back to normal. <laughs> exactly. Someone came on here the other day. Someone came here the other day. I forget I forget who it was. Someone was in the studio. I'm like, yeah, Friday, you don't need a mask anymore. Like in Sobeys. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I went to Sobeys the other day. Like I didn't have a mask. Like I don't, I don't even like look at the news anymore because it's just, it's the same thing. So yeah. I just go by what people tell me. Yeah. And I go up to Sobeys and I'm like, oh, okay. And then no, everyone has the mask on. But I was just expecting to walk in without a mask. I was like, oh, sick. No, no, no. You got to wear a mask. Still. Yeah. Well, New Brunswick and PEI you can. So maybe that's what he was saying. He's like, yeah, yeah. New Brunswick. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I hope we don't have to wear a mask. So. Yeah. I'd like to get rid of them. You got the beard too. So when you got the the, the beard mixed with the mask not good at least for me well it's just some of the things are frustrating right like uh um you know you're coaching with your group i'm allowed on the floor no mask you know i'm i'm around the kids everything you know you're in the dressing room with them none of them have masks but then as soon as i jump on the bench to coach i gotta wear a mask right and it's like you know you're in this hot rink you're trying to yell you know it yeah. it, it makes it hard right it's, it's theater you're just doing it to, yeah it's yeah, optics right yeah. and uh yeah so i'm always you know trying to you know yelling through a mask and it's just brutal it's brutal terrible yeah no i hope it, i hope it comes to an end soon honestly not like it's like i'm at like a selfish point almost it's like i i want it to be over not even for the health aspect but just for like work it's like i i cared really a lot i cared a lot about like health and people living and 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 everything of course but there's, there's a point where it's like if us young guys who want to carry on a career and 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 make sure that career comes to fruition it's like you, and unfortunately you kind of just have to risk some things and i guess health just comes into play it's like i don't want to say that but it's like I, I feel like the older generation is just like oh let's do the right thing we'll sit we'll wait we'll wait we'll sit we'll wait we'll sit we'll wait we'll do this yeah. and it's like i'm down for that like i'm down to do it but let's do it at a rate that allows us to get ahead uh, like our generation is suffering the most we just yeah, we can't get ahead no it's it's very hard and, and now uh you know the economic toll it's yeah it's unbelievable and uh yeah it's you know it's we're sort of dealing with it at like a zero risk approach yeah you know and that's not possible with a virus. It's just not, you know. If it was a zero risk approach, um, you know, with everything, we we would be at home all day. We wouldn't leave our homes. So, um, you know, I understand it, but yeah, it's it's tough. Someone was explaining to me the other day about how it it's it's an actual living organism and how it's like smart. Like COVID yeah. is smart. It'll yeah. it'll wait till uh, it'll wait till like a function comes around to be able to attack someone to attack the group that's in the function like it's it's an actual living organism and when i thought about it from that perspective you know the way i think of a covid i just think of dust in the air and it's just luckily yeah. traveling from someone's lungs to someone else's lungs but the way this guy was explaining it to me the other day he's like no it's smart it it sits it waits it knows when you're in a room full of people and then it will attack other people it was like i never it's crazy yeah and like you got to think these viruses have been around literally billions of years like the dinosaurs before there was anything before there was any living things on earth there was viruses like they've been around because they're the simplest organism right so um and obviously you get these very these variants and stuff because um you know that's how they have been around for billions of years the the ones that you kill off you don't pass on the ones that survive they get stronger because that's how evolution works right so you're gonna have you're gonna have the variants and stuff I don't think that, you know, uh, one variant to the next would be a massive jump. Like, it's not like you're going to go from, like, variant one to, like, 20% mortality rate. You know, like, it's it's not going to be, like, crazy jumps. But, yeah, you're going to get different versions. It's crazy to think about it from that perspective. It's just a living organism. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like having smart guys like you on to explain it. To me. <laughs> That's good stuff. So yeah, any plans for the rest of the summer? Do you want to pro- do you want to promote anything right now for the the camp? Do you want to like maybe like uh, give a website for people to? Su- are you guys full? Yeah. Like are you, are you no, still accepting? Def- yeah, we still have lots of spots. So okay. um, you know we're looking for more 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 kids at all age groups. You know we're doing boys and girls. So um, we have the first two days are boys, the second two days are girls. So uh, we're looking to give equal opportunity and there's a lot of girls lacrosse players in nova scotia so we want to help them just as much and uh yeah so um you know the age groups we're doing we got u10 co-ed and then we have u12 boys u14 boys and u17 and then we have uh the u10 and then um we have u12 slash 14 girls and then u17 girls so yeah we have lots of spots available and uh it's going to be a great couple of days. I, I like I said earlier, I guarantee you're gonna you're gonna learn something and uh, take something home with you that'll help you improve as a lacrosse player, and and that's our goal. So, uh, yeah, if you want to sign up, it's www.northerntorchlacrosse.com. Uh, you know, it'd be uh, be great to have as many kids out as we can. Awesome. Well, Alex, you're the man. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Have fun. Work hard. I hope to. I hope you get to come here as a Philadelphia wing. I know. You know what I mean? I hope we I hope we get to go down to the States and see you play in Philly. You know, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too, man. Thanks for having me again. Uh, I'm turning into a regular, so <laughs> I'll probably be back. Uh, whenever I'm back next, we'll do another six-month update or whatever. We'll do it in Philly. That, how about that? That'd be awesome, man. All right, everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in once again. Uh, enjoy the week. Have fun. Work hard. Play lacrosse. Stay active. We're out. Peace. Think I can see a fucking halo. halo. About to meet my maker, brought a double cup of Drano. Drano. Soda for the flavor, uncontrollable behavior with some psychopathic tendencies. Lonely as your neighbor with the bitches, he got special needs. Word to my denim fiends, I'm Kennedy on ecstasy. My flavor from the nature, need an acre for my recipe. They got my soul, but I don't let them take the rest of me. My melody, a little like Kenny G's, it's heavenly. And my denim tailor. tailor. Me and action rapping, I'll be fucking with. The fader, fader. sipping mind eraser. Actually, we rapping for the fuck of it. Taking money from you, going smack you out in public. You the Republican government. Abundance of substance, have a consumption of fucking bitch. With your banana republic fit, go suck a dick. And your bitch looking like cousin it, the ugliest. I said it must be the drugs. They got us thinking crazy shit. Groupy bitches wild enough to suck a baby's dick. Cadillacs is getting whipped 185th. Just for that sizzle, Gore-Tex in case it drizzle. I said it must be the drugs. They got us thinking crazy shit. Looking up into the clouds where the angels sit They looking down, keeping watch till I'm dead So how'd I get this red dot on my head? Yo, I don't perform unless the money's in my pocket first After rapping, take my people out for octopus We all deserve it, dedication to the fam Don't hold your hand out for nothing if you claim to be my man, damn You see me peeling off and whip like when your mother stripped Blow the dice, roll them shits, hit another trip Shit, I'm on some shit Hands are fucking hotter than the leather in the six in the summertime I understand I'm only rhyming for this son of mine And so my daughter could be a lawyer and read the spoils We ate the tuna and sway puma My look is Jay Buna Doggy cause some of us just age sooner I'm still twisted rocking lizards from a strange river Forbidden jungle in the joint paper point shaver Check the bio I fixed the game between Kentucky and Miami of Ohio I been wild it must be the drugs They got us thinking crazy shit Groovy bitches wild enough to suck a baby's dick Cadillacs is getting whipped 185 Just for that sizzle, Gore-Tex in case it drizzle I said it must be the drugs They got us thinking crazy shit Looking up into the clouds where the angels sit They looking down, keeping watch till I'm dead So how'd I get this red dot on my head? Uh uh, bitch, I'm not enough. I'm hot as wasabi sauce, and constantly giving y'all a bit of this ambiance. I was a minor, chasing after vagina. None of my friends were fake, but none of my clothes designer went from posting on stoops to smoking on roofs. I came from that basement now. Look at this view. 
Making this money, blowing it all. Fuck what you did. Back, 